Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. For the last uh, couple of nights, since uh, Tuesday night, I've been doing a little series on forgiveness. It sort of started out being one program and then became a series of three programs, which was, I sort of kept going on on the topic. On Tuesday night, I told you the story of Kathy Diosi. Uh, summarise what's in the book about her called Forgiving Hitler. Last night I talked about forgiveness power. I'm going to take it one step further tonight because when I talk about these things, people then turn around and say, hey, Kel, what do we actually practically do? Well, the answer is something I call the forgiveness prayer. And that's what tonight's program is all about. It is called the forgiveness prayer. Thanks for joining us. Nice to have your company. Well, as I said, for the last couple of nights, I've been talking about forgiveness. Tonight I want to go on to the next step. I want to explain to you how to tap into this forgiveness power for yourself. And the key to doing that is prayer. What I'm going to do is suggest a particular prayer that I call the forgiveness prayer. Very short, I won't won't sort of keep you in suspenders. Very short, simple prayer. It says this. It says, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please change me. Please take over the running of my life, both now and forever. Amen. That's it. That's the forgiveness prayer. Those particular words aren't special. I mean, they aren't magic words. Any words along the same lines would do as well. But a forgiveness prayer of some sort in some words along those sort of lines is essential if we are ever to experience God's forgiveness power. What I'll do is to go through that particular forgiveness prayer and explain it bit by bit. Okay, so here we go. I'll just the summary of the prayer says, remember just a one, one line prayer says, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please change me. Please take over the running of my life, both now and forever. Amen. Let's have a look at that bit by bit. It starts by addressing Jesus as Lord. It does this because Jesus is the one who stands between us and God, and who brings us to God. The Bible says, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The part of the Bible that tells me that is 1 Peter chapter 3, sentence 18. It is the death of Jesus as our substitute, our stand-in, who pays the cost of forgiveness so that we can be welcomed home into God's family once more. That means we approach God through Jesus. And when we do, we address Jesus as Lord. The Bible says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The part of the Bible that tells me that is Romans chapter 10, sentence 9. When we address Jesus, we're admitting, confessing, believing that Jesus is alive and available for us to speak to that when he was killed by those Roman soldiers, he didn't stay dead, but came back to life, raised immortal. Furthermore, we're admitting, confessing, believing that Jesus is God's appointed ruler of planet Earth, that Jesus is the Lord, who deserves to be acknowledged by us as Lord and served by us as Lord. That's why the forgiveness prayer starts the way it does. The next bit of the forgiveness prayer says, please forgive me. Now, if you or I were to forgive someone who'd hurt us or offended us, it would involve three things. Firstly, granting free pardon for the hurt or offence. Secondly, giving up all claim for compensation. And thirdly, ceasing to feel resentment. And there's a sense in which God does exactly the same. When we ask Jesus for a free pardon for the offence that we've given God and the damage we've done, he freely gives us that pardon. Jesus said, Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. You'll find those wonderful words of Jesus in John chapter 6, sentence 37. There is great comfort in those words. Secondly, there can be no claim for compensation, not because God has simply given it up, 
but because Jesus has already paid that compensation for us in his death on our behalf. And thirdly, God never felt any sense of resentment because God only ever felt love for us. But if God is a God of perfect justice as well as perfect love, and unless his justice is satisfied by the death of Jesus, his love cannot flow into our lives. The Bible has a wonderful description of God. It calls him God who is so rich in mercy. You'll find those words in Ephesians chapter 2, sentence 4. It's a wonderful picture of God, isn't it? Bill Gates and Rupert Murdoch might be rich in money and wealth, but God is rich in mercy. The President of the United States might be rich in political power and worldly power, but God is rich in mercy. God is the millionaire of mercy. And it's in God's rich supply of mercy that we find all we need. The gate into God's merciful heart is labelled forgiveness, and Jesus himself is that gate. Jesus said, I assure you, I am the gate for the sheep. Those who come in through me will be saved. And you'll find those words in John chapter 10, sentence 8. When we pray the forgiveness prayer, we are knocking at that gate. Well, now, tonight we're looking at the forgiveness prayer, which you'll remember says, Lord Jesus, please forgive me, please change me, please take over the running of my life, both now and forever. Amen. The next bit, in turn, for us to take a look at, is in the words addressed to Jesus, please change me. If we're to become one of God's people, a member of his family, we need to be changed. We can't just claim his forgiveness and then go on as we've always done. That would not be genuine repentance or a genuine desire for forgiveness. And what would you think of a man who gets drunk and bashes his wife and then in the morning, in tears, tells her how sorry he is and asks for her forgiveness and promises it will never happen again? But it does happen again and again and again. Such a man doesn't mean it, does he? He's not really sorry, or he'd really stop. He doesn't really want forgiveness, because if he did, there'd be some sign of change. Of course, on our own, in our own strength, we could never change in the way that would please God, which is why we ask Jesus to change us. He made us, he can remake us. There was once a man who had a lemon tree that only ever produced sour lemons. So he pulled all of those sour lemons off the branches bought a box of oranges and tied the oranges onto the branches of the old lemon tree. Then he stood back, admired his handiwork and said, Now I've got an orange tree. Did he have? Of course not. The inner life of the tree had not changed in the least. The man did not have the power to change it. Our inner life has to be changed and God alone has the power to change it. We have to ask the God who made us to remake us. So that we live with his strength, not our own so that slowly over time we come to resemble Jesus, to become like Jesus. That's the change that's needed. The last part of the forgiveness prayer says, Please take over the running of my life both now and forever. Turning from our way to his way, turning from the broad road to the narrow road, entering in at the narrow gate means losing control of our life, giving up our declaration of independence of God, seeing Jesus come in and take control. When you get into a taxi, you place your life in the taxi driver's hands. Well, it's a bit like that. You have to place your life in the hands of Jesus. You must get out of the driver's seat of your life. Get out from behind the steering wheel of your life. Ask Jesus to take over, to sit in the driver's seat of your life, behind the steering wheel of your life, and navigate your life from now on. The Bible says that Jesus died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves, Instead, they will live to please him who died and was raised for them. You'll find those words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, sentence 15. 
And one way we will show that Jesus has taken control and is directing our steps is that we will become forgiving people. When someone does something to hurt or offend us, we will forgive them, sometimes at great cost to ourselves. might be a financial cost, might be a cost to our pride or our sense of self-importance, but there will always be a cost, and we will be prepared to pay that cost and do the forgiving. Sometimes it will be easier, sometimes harder. Sometimes it will feel almost impossible. Without the power and strength of Jesus living with us and within us, as our captain, our commander-in-chief, we would never be able to do it, but with him we can. People who've experienced forgiveness will show this by being forgiving people themselves. That's why Jesus taught his followers to pray in the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. The part of the Bible that tells me that is Matthew chapter 6, sentence 12. That's the forgiveness principle that can be seen at work in the lives of those who follow Jesus. The forgiveness prayer is the way we begin the life of following him. And the way we begin is the way we go on. Not only is the forgiveness prayer a good prayer to pray to get started in God's family, it's a good prayer to pray every single day as you go on step by step. There isn't a day in our lives when we don't need to say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me, please change me, please take over the running of my life both now and forever. Amen. Here's our thought for the night. And uh, it comes from Luke chapter 24 and sentence 47. Jesus said, With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.